good to sing praises to our God. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. Take your copy of God's Word and find, if you would, this morning, the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. And while you're doing that, I want to share with you some Thanksgiving recipes from kids. This comes from a Thanksgiving cookbook by Mrs. Garrigadee's kindergarten class. And by the way, she's not responsible for any medical bills that may incur for the use of her cookbook. Let me give you these recipes from kindergartners in case you're wondering how some of these dishes you enjoy are made. Ivette tells us how to make banana pie. You buy some bananas and crust. Then you mash them up and put them in the pie. Then you eat it. That's banana pie. Russell says for turkey, you cut up the turkey. You put it in the oven for 10 minutes and 300 degrees. Put gravy on it and eat it. Jeremy has a turkey recipe as well. He says you buy the turkey and take the paper off. Then you put it in the refrigerator and take it back out and cut it with a knife. Make sure all the wires are out of it and take out the neck and heart. (laughs) Then you put it in a big pan, cook it for half an hour at 80 degrees. (laughs) Then you invite people over and eat. Shelby helps us with applesauce. You go to the store, buy some apples. Then you squish them up. Then you put them in a jar that says applesauce. Then you eat it. Krista making cookies says buy some dough, smash it and cut them out. Then put them in the oven for two hours at 100 degrees. Then take them out and dry them off. Not sure why they're wet, but anyway, then it's time to eat them. 
Alan wants to add his turkey recipe. Alan must be from Anson County. First you shoot it, then you cut it. <laughs> then you put it in the oven and cook it for 10 minutes at 20 degrees. Put it on plates and you eat it. And finally, Christopher makes some good old pumpkin pie. First you buy a pumpkin and smash it. Then it is all done. You cook it in the oven for 12 minutes at 4 degrees. And then you eat it. So there you go. If you need some recipes, I'll be happy to give you a copy of those recipes. I just won't come and eat with you. Uh, don't you love their perspective? Things are so simple to those children, aren't they? Just, it's just easy. You want pumpkin pie? Buy a pumpkin, smash it, put it in the crust, and then cook it and eat it. Well, we realize that things are not always so simple. In fact, things can get quite complicated. But the truth of the matter is, as I was reading those recipes and thinking about it this week, sometimes we make things that are really simple very complicated. We sometimes do that. And today I want to do some simplifying with you for a few minutes. I want to share with you uh, what I'm calling a simple rule for life. A simple rule for life. And you'll find it there in the New Testament book of Colossians, the third chapter. And I'm just going to look at one verse today. Colossians chapter 3. I'd like you to look at it with me. In fact, if you don't have it, I'll put it up on the screen as well. It's the 17th verse. Colossians chapter 3. A simple rule for life. And whatever you do in word or deed... Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Uh, let me read it to you in the NLT. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to the Father. Now, using that verse, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, I've come up with a simple rule for life for the believer. And uh, it, it's just stated this way. Whatever you say or do, whatever you say or do, do it for Jesus and do it with thanksgiving. Whatever you say or do, do it for Jesus and do it with thanksgiving. That sounds simple. It's a simple concept. It's simple to say. And uh, the truth of the matter is it gets hard sometimes though when you seek to live that out. Whatever you say, whatever you do, do it for Jesus and do it with thanksgiving. And so I want to talk about this verse, Colossians 3.17, this simple rule for life. And uh, since simple is the theme today, I'll even keep my, my point simple. Uh, but by the way, don't mistake simplicity for unimportance. Don't mistake simplicity for unimportance. I want to give you three reminders from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, the simple rule for life. First of all, I need to remind you, believer, you're a full-time Christian. You're a full-time Christian. Look back at the verse there in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And notice it says, whatever you do in word or deed. In other words, whatever you speak or whatever you do. And that pretty much covers most of our waking life, doesn't it? We're speaking and we're doing all day long, every day. Now, some do more speaking than others. And some do more doing than others. But pretty much we're all speaking and we're all doing, we're all involved in those activities. We're saying things and we're doing things. Now notice it does not say whatever you do in word or deed on Sunday. Or when you're in church, whatever you say or do. Or when other Christians are around, whatever you say or do. No, it does not make that distinction. Why? Because for the believer, the child of God... Life is not divided up into the sacred and the secular. All ground is holy ground. 
and you're a full-time Christian. When you became a follower of Jesus Christ, you were hired full-time, not part-time. You're a full-time Christian. In fact, the fact that you are a Christian means you bear His name. Christ. Christian. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. And the way that we live on Sunday should be consistent with the way that we live on Friday night and Saturday night and Wednesday midday and Thursday after work and uh, Tuesday at school. Why? Because we are a full-time Christian. You see, you don't clock in and out of Christianity like you do your job. It's not, well, I'm on the clock right now, I've got to live for Jesus and I'm going to clock out now and live for myself or live as I want. No, you're a full-time Christian. It covers everything that you say. It covers everything that you do if you're a child of God. And by the way, I've got to ask today in a group of this size, are you a child of God? Are you a Christian? Has there ever been a time where you realize that you're a sinner, you're undone, you've done wrong, and that sin has separated you from a holy God? And then you heard the glorious gospel that God loves you so much that He sent His Son who came and was born. We get ready to celebrate that in a significant way next month. And as we celebrate Christmas, He was born there as a babe to the Virgin Mary and He grew and lived a sinless, perfect life. But then He voluntarily gave His life on a Roman cross and shed His precious blood and died that He might take my sin and take your sin upon Himself. And they buried Him. But the glorious news is He arose again victorious the third day. He's alive forevermore. He's conquered sin, death, and the grave and hell and all of that. And the Bible says if you will place your faith in Him alone, He will forgive you of your sin. He'll make you a child of God. He'll give you a home in heaven. He'll give you eternal life. And I would invite you today, if you've never done that, to place your faith in Jesus Christ alone. We're talking about a simple rule for the believer. A simple rule for life. Whatever you say or do, do it for Jesus and do it with thanksgiving. Which brings us to the second reminder. The first one was you're a full-time Christian. The second one is you represent the Lord Jesus. Look at the verse again and notice the second part. It says... Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, in case you missed it in point one, notice the word all. Do all. Nothing's left out. Whatever you say, whatever you do. And then it says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything we do, we're to do in His name. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. But what does it mean to do it in His name? What does that mean? Well, it includes doing it for Him. Doing it for His glory. Doing it that He might be honored. It includes doing it in obedience to what He's told us to do. It includes being a representative of the Lord Jesus in this world. Now process that for a moment. Everything we say and everything that we do We're to do for Jesus. We're to do it in His name. Talk about simplifying life. (laughs) You say, well, life is so complicated. Well, really, when you think about it, just do everything that you do and everything that you say, make sure you're doing it for Jesus. By the way, that means if you can't do it for Jesus, you probably shouldn't do it. And if you can't say it for Jesus, you probably shouldn't say it. See, it simplifies life. 
some of these gray areas. When you really stop and say, can I really honor Jesus if I do this? Can I really honor Jesus if I say this? Simplifies life. Because life is pretty complicated. And it gets more complicated by the moment. Have you noticed? Technology is supposed to be so wonderful. And it is in many regards. And it is helpful. But boy, it sure has complicated things. How many passwords do you have now, by the way? How many logins do you have? Have you tried to buy batteries or light bulbs lately? Life is complicated. There's so many options. But this simplifies things to realize whatever I say, whatever I do, I'm to do it for Jesus. Robert J. Morgan described it this way. This verse tells us that whatever we say in life, we're to say it as though Christ were saying it. Whatever we do in life, we're to do it as though Christ were doing it. Whatever we do, whether in word or deed, we're to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And this brings back a very important point that so many people need to grasp. And that is God is interested in every aspect, in every area of your life. You see, glorifying God is not just about Sunday mornings singing praise to Him, saying you're a good, good father. It's also about being an employee tomorrow. It's about going to school tomorrow. It's about everything that you do. Your life is not to be divided up between that which is holy and that which is unholy and that which is sacred and that which is secular. It's all to be done for the Lord Jesus. And it will change your life and change your perspective and help you so much to realize, listen, when, when you clock in tomorrow, you're on that job representing Jesus. How do you think Jesus would work at that job? He'd do His very best and he'd be kind and he would be a blessing to those around him. When you go to school tomorrow, and by the way, it's Monday. You don't have long to go. It's a short week, but, but you've got to go. When you walk in that classroom, you're there as a representative of Jesus Christ. You realize that we're the only Jesus that some people have ever met. Because this, we're his representative, Remember? And if we're the only one that they know when it comes to Jesus, what do they think of Jesus when they look at our life? When they listen to what we say and watch what we do. See, this is a simple rule for life. Whatever you say and do, do it for Jesus and do it with thanksgiving. Which brings us to our third reminder you must say thank you. Now look again at the verse. This time look at the last part. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That is through Jesus. When we look at all that we have because of Jesus and all that we, who we are because of Jesus, how can we help but to thank the Father? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And we realize Jesus, and look at Jesus, look at what Jesus has done in our lives and who we are in Christ and what we have because of Christ. We cannot help but be thankful. Thanksgiving should flow naturally, but you know, it's also commanded. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, as parents, we do our best, do we not, to make sure that our kids understand how to express Gratitude and thanksgiving. And that should start at a very young age when someone does something kind for them. We, we teach them, right? To say, say thank you. 
Why do we do that? Well, we teach them to say thank you because we don't want them to be selfish and entitled. We want them to realize the blessings of life and the way other people bless them. And so, as a parent or a grandparent, you're working with your children and grandchildren to help them to understand gratitude and thanksgiving and saying thank you when someone has rendered a kindness to them. Well, our Father is the same way. And our Heavenly Father doesn't want children that are selfish and ungrateful and entitled. But let's just be honest about it. The truth of the matter is, sometimes our children forget to say thank you. Furthermore, sometimes we forget to say thank you. And what do we do? We have to remind them to say thank you. They may be great, but they just don't remember to express it. And I think the same is true among many believers. In our hearts, we're grateful, we're thankful, but we sometimes forget to say, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. And so God in His Word comes along and reminds us at times, by the way, in everything, give thanks. But this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Whatever you do or say, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through Him. Uh, you look back in this same passage, uh, Colossians chapter 3. It comes up a little bit uh, earlier in that passage where it talks about thanksgiving. Verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Then he comes along in verse 17, talks about it here, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You go to the book of Psalms, you'll find Psalms to talk about thanksgiving. The Lord Jesus was thankful. He gave thanks. We have an opportunity at least three times a day to thank the Lord before we eat. But what's the problem? We become so accustomed to it. We forget. And I think that's why Thanksgiving is such a wonderful holiday. Because it's a day that we have set aside to remind ourselves that we ought to be grateful, we ought to be thankful. And by the way, can I just remind you that as believers, we're not just thanking the air. We're not just speaking to no one in particular. We're thanking the Father. Did you notice Colossians 3.17? And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Does it bless you, moms and dads? Does it bless you, grandma and grandpas, when a little one or your child or a teenager just takes the time to say, thank you. Sure it does. It's a blessing. And we ought to do the same with our Heavenly Father. We want to do that today. Several years ago now, we started what we call our Thanksgiving tree here. You'll see a beautiful tree to my left. And I appreciate so much the folks that do all of this decorating and all of this beautifying. But this has become part of a yearly rhythm in our church family. In fact, after the first year that we did it, I considered, I think it might have been after the first year, so I decided maybe we need to quit doing it. And then there was an outcry, no, we can't quit doing that. And I said, you know, we can. So you have that tag that you got as you came in today. This is an opportunity for you to write some words of thanksgiving to the Lord. And when you're done, we're going to ask you to come and hang it on this tree as a testimony to others and as an act of worship. 
Now, I want, to, I want this to be a joyful time, but I want us to do this. I don't want us to get to talking and carrying on. I want us to really think about what we're seeing, what we're experiencing, and to really worship and express gratefulness from our hearts. So what we're going to do, so I'm going to give you a moment or two. She's going to begin playing some beautiful music. You can take your time and write out your Thanksgiving. When you're ready, you may come and hang it on the tree, and then I'll ask you to go back and sit quietly and just praise the Lord in your heart and watch others give thanksgiving. If you're taller, I'd ask you to hang it higher. If you're shorter, you can put it down. Somebody can help get the children's on. and Let's fill it up. But write out your words of thanksgiving to the Lord. And then when you're ready, you come and you hang it on the tree as we give thanks to the Father today.